Just a heads up, I recorded this interview through Zoom. And of course, it wasn't until after the fact that I realized there were some audio and visual issues, like once I go to edit it. <sighs> so that is why the camera is fixed 1000% of the time on Shannon. And at times my audio is muted. So if it ever seems awkward, that is why. Um, but other than that, I think it flows pretty well. And if I get an answer from Zoom someday, maybe, maybe they'll respond uh, and they tell me how to fix it. I will upload the updated version. Maybe we'll, we'll see. Hopefully I can. Okay. Have fun. <laughs> I just got done talking to my girl, Shannon Payton, also known as the official Shanty Pants all over social media. You've seen her on the Kelly Clarkson show, Good Day Sacramento, tons of viral videos. You for sure have seen her videos. Did y'all know that she was raised in a cult? You know how much I love talking about cults over here. So we talk about that cult life. We talk about infertility, getting married young, adoption, mental health. We compare our ADHD. It's a real good time, guys. So enjoy my new best friend, Shannon Payton. Kevin disapproves. You win it. <laughs> every time, every time I do a live, I'm like, "Okay, guys, you have to remind me where was I." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, except it's gonna be like reverse. You might need to remind me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to remind each other. It's going to be super interesting having two ADHD people trying to gonna be amazing. It's going to be so amazing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I can't wait to get to that part. Too. Oh my gosh. That's a good time every day. Yeah. So do you want me to call you Shannon or do you want me to call yeah. you Shani? You can call me either. I go with either. Shani pants. Shani pants works too. I mean, you know, if you really want to go with that, I, I'm getting, I'm getting more used to that name now. So <laughs> do you ever have people in public call you sh- shanty pants? Do you ever get recognized? Because yes, you I do. Blown up. Yeah, I yeah, I do get recognized. I mean, it's probably happened like maybe five or six times. Yeah, locally here, but I do have a lot of local followers because <laughs> when one of my videos went viral, it was it was very local and like a mom's group or something. So, oh really? Oh, uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Celebrity. That I was mean, so, it's cool. so much. So much. It means absolutely nothing. Yeah. Know? feel a little bit cool it is pretty cool yeah when people are can we take a picture I'm like (laughs) um you are also a realtor are you still a realtor yes okay so does it help um you yeah I actually have gotten some business from this but I'm trying to really keep them separate because I keep having people like you need to start doing reels for your realtor stuff and you know how much work it is just to have an account like this. Oh yeah. I, I get people saying, Oh, you should start this kind of account. Yeah. This. And I'm like, eh. it's so much work just to keep up on this. So I, but I am having a lot of opportunities. So I may have to phase out of my realtor bit. Yeah. And well, so where's your white cloth? And not with me. I, I have not been drinking alcohol much lately, um, which is very disappointing to all my fans. But if I was, it would be a white claw. Yeah. Um, but I did just for some health reasons. I have been doing no alcohol. So, okay. So I, so I've been following you for a while and immediately, obviously you're hilarious. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to like you. But then one day out of nowhere, you post some reel where you say like, and I was in a cult and I'm like, oh. what? good times, you know? And then I'm like, I really, at some point I want to talk to Shannon. I, I need to talk to Shannon. And I'm then so I reach out to you and I'm like, I want to know all about your cult. Yeah. It's good. And time. Also, 
have ADHD and then, you know, then things like that. and then you were like, listen, I'm like, oh, me too. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> so I was raised in a pretty, what for most people would say is like a fairly extreme religion. It's more mainstream. I was raised Mormon. Oh yes. When I was in it, I did not think it was that at all. And most right. people don't. And mm-hmm. I still respect people who are in it. Cause I understand yeah. where they come from. Still have a lot of family members in it. But some might say, some, some yeah. scholars may say that uh-huh. it's really cool. So, and, but, but then again, it's so mainstream. So some people are like, no, it can't be. Right. So it's whatever y'all want to say, but I immediately was like, I, we might have some similarities. To yeah. Some oh, <laughs> but it sounds like sure. where I come from was a little more mainstream than where you came from, because I believe I read one of your comments saying your cult did not have a name. Yeah. No name. Uh, no name. I was always very jealous of the Mormon, my Mormon friends, because they got to wear pants and like celebrate some holidays. And I'm just like, oh, I wish I was a Mormon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now I wish you I was probably like, no, uh, girl, you are not in a cult. You don't know what a cult is. Let me tell you what a cult is. Well, back then I definitely wouldn't have called it that either though. So it took a long time. Where were you raised? Um, I was raised in Northern California in a teeny tiny little town, born and raised and haven't strayed far from home at all. Um, and was born into the cult in this little town. Yeah. So my parents were already in it. How, so how did your parents get into my parents? My parents were actually both born into it as well. And so my grandparents in like the, the era of my grandparents, they, um, is when it kind of started and it started as I think a pretty, you know, good thing, just people meeting in homes and, you know, they wanted to meet, um, non-denominationally. And so they did that. And I think probably for a while it was really good. And then in like the eighties, it, one of the leaders, a young leader kind of stepped in and took over kind of, and, um, and then it just seemed like it got worse and worse and worse until, you know, I was born in 81. Mm -hmm. And so then that's all I knew. That was the only life I knew. And I did go, um, like we didn't live like all together. We, some, a lot of us lived near each other. Like we lived by two families that were in our group. And so you were pretty much always surrounded with it, but it's not like we like had a commune or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. No, we didn't have to live together like that. Okay. But did it started in Northern California then? Um, it actually started in Southern California. And then when we left, there was, um, groups in Virginia, which there still are little small groups left Virginia, Texas, um, Southern California, central and Northern California. And I think that's it. Um, and so we knew people from all those areas. Actually, there were some in Newfoundland as well. So we would get together. Um, we called them camps. And so people from all the other groups, assemblies, we called them, could come. And that's where we met other people. And we always did it on holidays because we weren't allowed to celebrate holidays. So like Christmas, we would have camps. It was awful. And um, but we would meet other people that way from other assemblies. When you say camps, was it like a fa- family camp, youth camp? Oh, it was good times. It was an everyone camp and very different than what any camp, any normal person would imagine. Um, We met at the fairgrounds in different, different counties, you know, several different places. Um, One of our favorites was Tulare County. If you don't know where that is, that's central California um, near Fresno. 
And so it's like Cowtown, so it smells all the time. And um, but we would rent the fairgrounds. It was fabulous. And we in the wintertime, it would be like foggy and freezing cold. And we would be in our dresses and we would meet at the fairgrounds. So there's huge buildings and we would have like meetings. We called them. We would never call it church. And um, we would do meetings in the mornings and then break for lunch. And like the girls didn't play too many sports, but the guys would. And then we'd have another meeting every day, like for three or four days in a row. And so those were our like camps. Along, basically you would do. It was church. pretty. Yeah. So this is okay. So this, what, this is definitely a religious cult. It started. Yes, at absolutely. Some religious, like what were the beliefs in the cult? It was, it's very much based on a uh, long, um, around Christianity. And okay. so it was basically, I mean, you know, and I'll, there was a lot of good in it. It was just, you know, how far things were taken, um, that ended up turning into more extreme type situation and to where it was more of a dictatorship. And you had people that were actually ruling over more than just like working alongside. Um, you definitely had people that were in charge of making rules and regulations and controlling way so too much. You had one leader then like one main leader. One main leader, and then there were several like others, like right under him, I would say. Um, So there was like a handful of probably about six that really controlled everything. Um, And then when they started fighting is kind of where part of our falling out and the falling apart, really, um, where it kind of just all disassembled because we, our generation basically got tired of it. And the main push for me personally was, um, we adopted our, our first child, our son, and he was probably about two and the whole time, you know, once you become a mom, your mind or my mind changed a lot and you think a lot of different thoughts. And I kept thinking like, I'm going to have to tell him things that I don't believe in. And so, cause we, we questioned a lot. Me, I have a sister that's 18 months younger than me. We pushed the boundaries growing up all the time. Um, my parents were definitely like on the rebellious side for our group. So like we did things like go to Disneyland and, you know, really rebellious stuff, like wear sweats at home. Um, so, so we were already kind of rebellious, but we never, we never could get our answers um, our questions answered. And it was very frustrating and very confusing. I know what that's like. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Were you not allowed to like use the internet and Google things about the cult? No, I don't think I would have even known to do that. And the internet was so new back then when I was a teenager. Um, so I don't even know. Yeah, we did have internet in our house before I was married, but, um, discourage you from looking into information. They, it was never discouraged because I don't think, I mean, so a lot was discouraged. I mean, we, we weren't allowed to like, listen to secular music. Um, I mean, a lot was discouraged. It was basically, you follow these rules and this is what you do and don't do anything else. So a lot was discouraged and you were always like the fear. They always, it was very fear-based. I feel like what they held over your head. And in the eighties, when I was about five or I think I was six, we call it the split of the eighties, a large portion of, um, of the group got excommunicated and we called it marking. And so like part of my family got excommunicated. They were marked. marked. Yeah. Marked to be avoided. It it was it. And we took it very seriously. Like if you saw them at the store, you couldn't make eye contact. Like it was literally no. And so part of my family got marked during the eighties 
And so it was like parents, extended family, extended family, my, my, um, aunt and uncle and family. And I was really close to one of the cousins that got marked. And so it was, even though I was super young, it was really weird all of a sudden, like, wait, why can't we go over there? And it was very odd, but we've reconnected since, um, since I left the cult as adults. So it's been a blast. I just saw him last weekend. Um, well, so, okay. So what are, okay. First I want to ask, what was the alert to join for your grandparents and what what well, is the alert to anybody to join the cult? Did it have like a really good sense of community? Was the yeah? I would say that leader. There's no 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 on that. There there was no alert to join. Okay, so like people from my grandparents' era, when they joined, it was like a cool. We're meeting in you know homes and Bible study type thing, and it was that's what they wanted, and so that was great. Yes, okay, so it started out as just like let's just do a Bible study. Yes. Then they started yes. adding some rules on top of it. Or? Lots of rules. Yes, and then it just got more and more like where you couldn't question things. Like you would get in trouble. Like every Friday night, we would have gatherings where we would just hang out at people's house houses, and like our house, our family wasn't allowed to have gatherings because my dad would question things because we would question things, mm-hmm. and so like you were always like put on restriction or you were always afraid they would always do, um, public, um, confession. So you would always be like shamed and humiliated publicly. So you were so afraid. So every people confess it. Are you sorry? Like people would meet as a congregation and. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like on Sunday morning, if you, if it was found out that you like watched a movie or something, you would have to go up front and confess and be publicly rebuked. It was, yeah. And so you were, and it could be for anything like you, and you didn't know. And it was so scary, like, uh, that you're always just like, oh, I will never do anything wrong. And, and it was sad. It was very confusing as a child and a teen, because you always like, like what's going on in my brain? Is this God telling me, you know, I'm doing something bad or it was just very confusing because everything was so fear-based, so fear-based. And you're so indoctrinated too. So oh, there yeah. must have been a ton of shame and a ton of guilt. Oh, so much. It's like a breeding ground for shame. Like, yeah, it's, it's so sad. And now like looking back at so many stories of people that I grew up with, and just what's happened to them in life. It's like, it's not surprising. It's like, yeah, we pretty much bred that there, you know, it's just so much secrecy. And what would people be excommunicated for? Um, it, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you got to get your lingo, right? <laughs> Terminology, very important. Yeah, it's very important. Like I care so much now. Um, it, it just would depend, but like it, it really, for for me, for I, what I think about it is it came down to questioning and not being okay with the answers. So if you were pushing, pushing, and that's what happened in the eighties is a big enough group of people started pushing about like stupid stuff, like what we wore and in little things that they're just like, wait, does the Bible really say we can't wear pants or, you know, things like that. And they wouldn't let it go. And so eventually they're just like, okay, well, we're going to mark a big group of you because it's getting scary because you're going to start changing other people's minds and, you know, and so they're like, hurry, let's get rid of these people. That's how I imagine it happening. Like get rid of these people. And then I definitely had people when I was older and could remember that were marked and it would just depend. One gal got marked because she, she, she did wear pants and she refused not to. And so she, you know, was counseled and talked to and, and still wouldn't comply 
So she was marked because she was a bad example to us younger girls coming up. And so, you know, they wouldn't want that. So what were some of the other rules? Um, I mean, we just, we, the ladies all, you know, women, we all dressed and for a long time, it was long skirts. And I want to say like mid nineties, we or yeah, in the nineties, we got like to wear like knee length right under the knee length. That was exciting. Um, and then always like no tank tops, show some skin, really special. (laughs) Um, but you had to have sleeves on no piercings, no makeup, no tattoos, we had to have long hair. You weren't allowed to, you weren't even supposed to trim your hair. That's another thing my mom did. That was a big no, no. Um, and, and then the guys all had to wear pants. They couldn't wear shorts and they had beards. Did they, no beards. they to cut their hair? Okay. They were allowed to cut their hair and they had beards and actually probably if they had long hair, that would have been bad. I mean, just the rules were so crazy. And then, and of course, like no premarital sex all of that kind of stuff. We didn't do like the purity rings or anything. I never even knew about that until like I was an adult. I didn't even know what that was because we were very different. Like they didn't want, like we weren't call ourselves a church. It was just like, I am a Christian basically. Like you would never call yourself a church. Um, what, they just wanted to you say, refer to the group as, cause you would have to have some terminology that maybe your family coined. Um, Oh yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't say cult until very recent. I mean, not too long ago, but like, no, it was, we called it the, the assembly. We were okay. something assembly, but we were different. The different groups were like, we called them different assemblies basically. Um, and we would say going to meeting like locally, like if we were talking on Sunday, we'd say, Oh, are you ready for meeting? And we just called it meeting. That was what we called it. So, um, but but yeah, and so they tried to keep you like as the least amount exposed to external um, ideas or information altogether. How, how would they do that? They would just discourage looking things up. Yeah, I mean, we weren't around to watch TV. We weren't allowed to listen to music. Like they didn't even like us listening to um, Christian music because that was too much. Like all we sang with was a piano and our red hymn books. Um, so we weren't even supposed to really listen to that. And like one meeting, um, that was talked about music because we always had really stupid subjects like God cares about this. Um, but we talked about music and what music, some of the teens, you know, they found out someone was listening to it. And then afterwards they went out in the parking lot and went through all the teens cars and took their CDs out and drilled holes in them. Yeah. The parents did or the leadership did? Well, yeah. I mean, the parents have to go along with whatever, but yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. I know I was doing pretty good being raised. Yeah. No. And then like the guys one time, um, they went to this little church that was close to us and they sat on the back row because they're like, we want to know what a real church is like. And it was like this teeny tiny church and they went and sat on the back row and someone saw them and found out and they all had to like confess. And the moms were like sobbing and meeting like just heart broken that their sons would go in another church oh ouch what were the like social consequences and rewards of of going to church of of our cult yeah like if you were to do something bad instead of being excommunicated like obviously Mm. excommunicated would maybe be the worst right yes the worst of the worst so were there like any um other types of punishment in between, I guess. Yes. Like the public yes. lashing. Yes. There was the public, like, yeah, shaming, which was always awful. 
Um, and then, yes, there were times the, um, that I had a friend actually that had an affair and she had to sit on the back row for, I don't know how long. So she was technically marked, but she could come to meetings because of course she needed the good influence of whatever was being preached. Um, so she would have to come and like sit on the back row. So she could, so basically she was marked, but then, yeah, like stuff like our family couldn't have gatherings at our house because, you know, we were too rebellious. So it was more, it was more stuff like that, but you were always afraid like that someone was going to see something like that you did. Um, <laughs> this is a fun story. I, um, I'm ready. Uh, I just was sharing this on my live the other night that me. So so we got married straight from living at home and you just got married. So you never lived together. You just got married and then you lived together. So my husband at the time, fiance had got an apartment. We were going to get married in like two months. So we got an apartment and he was gone. So me and my sister and my friend went and stayed at the apartment and we're like, we let's go do something like crazy. So we were wearing pants, which was already a no, no. And we're like, we're going to go to a movie and we can wear pants because no one's going to see us at the movie. So we get to the movie theater and, and I'll still re- always remember where it was. And I couldn't get out of the car. I was so scared that we couldn't get out of the car. And so we didn't go watch the movie, but we're like, Hey, what if we go ice skating? Let's go down to the ice skating rink and go. So we're like, okay. So we go there Ice skating allowed, um, in skirts. Yes. We actually went as a group several times. It was so but embarrassing. The pants part that you're like, I'm going in public in pants. Yes. Yes. Well, in the, the movie, movie was, was like next level, yes. things, but the pants, yes, that was the, where it all began. So we thought, well, we I could do the ice skating. You wear pants, girl. You at least, I mean, it. it's a gateway drug. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. Apparently. I mean, look at you now. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. So it turned you, you into the devil. <laughs> What's that? Did you go ice skating then? Okay. So we went to the ice skating ring. We rent our skates and everything. We're putting it, we're putting our skates on and we see a family there that we know like in there. So we literally are like crawling to the front desk, like crouching down and turn our skates in. And we already paid for them and everything and snuck out like, and we were like, so terrified that they were going to see us, but I don't think they ever did. I don't think they did. We made it out alive. It was yeah. awful. Okay. Yeah. That is, that but is that's crazy. how scary it was. That's how scary it was. Like you were so scared. Like you didn't even really know what would happen necessarily, but it was just scary just to think that someone might see you. Yeah. It was awful. That's, I remember. So in, um, we were not supposed to um, spend money on Sunday. So like, you don't go to the store on Sunday. And I mean, I mean, there's plenty of Mormons who do so, right. but uh, I remember I was shopping on Sunday. I was grocery shopping and I come out and I see like someone in a leadership position, like putting groceries into the back of her trunk. <laughs> and it's just like, I just pretended I didn't see her. And I don't know if she pretended not to see me, but we just both went on our merry way. <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't that just like, crazy? We were both sending though. So, right. Yeah. That's the thing. As long as you both are, you're good to go. So, so how did they feel about the secular world? Um, it was bad. Everything was bad. I mean, even other churches were bad. So basically the only, the only people that were doing anything right was us. So it, it it turned us into very judgmental people because, and now I'm like the opposite because I, I just, I can't stand judgment 
helpful people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, like, even with my kids you realize, yeah, yeah, when you're out, you're like, Oh, wow. I was. Oh, awful. Like in internally, I still catch myself all the time, all the time. Like I I daily have to be like, Whoa, slow down there. Missy. Like when you see someone in pants, like a woman in pants, you're like, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) well, not I'm used to that now, but you know, actually I can be more judgmental going the other way with people that are still in the cold and be like, guys, seriously, what's your problem? Um, Oh, I know. You know what? I understand that 1000% because I think for me, when I came out of it, there had, I had a breakdown, a lot Mm. of beliefs of my own. Right. And, and now I'm like at the point where I'm trying to like rebuild it with things that are good. Yep. But it is, it is. And I, and I catch myself like just saying like, Hey, look, you remember what it was like when you were in it, you know? And, and this is just, they they believe this so like in their soul and their being, I was like that. I was right. Oh, me too. And I think it gives us a little bit of, um, like, or for me, I feel like I can so easily see both sides of almost anything because of that. Cause I always like, okay, I do remember what it was like to be a completely different person than I am now. And so anyway, I think it's, there's some value there. Right. I think you're right about that because well, Mormon Mormonism is very, usually very, very, very conservative. And then I also live yeah. in LA, which is extremely liberal. And so it was like, I, I have a hard time just like, just making a blanket statement about people yeah. when they have a certain political belief. Cause it's like, yep. I understand, like, I understand actually, cause I like lived in both worlds. Yeah. Like I yeah. understand the indoctrination, like on all sides when people are like super extreme in anything, because it's like, yep. you know, but it does, it, it gives, I, I do think like having those two different experiences in your life helps you just be like a little bit more of an understanding person. I and think so, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So what about doomsday? Were you guys dooms- doomsdayers? <laughs> no, but we definitely like, um, believed in the rapture. At one point there was someone like, I mean, I feel like they always thought it's the end times, like right now. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. Because it was, you know, like someone would become president and it's like, Oh, it's the end times or, um, you know, some, I don't even know, like anything that happened, you know, yeah, it was always the end times. I feel like. Oh yeah. So now like in Mormonism, they've been saying it since like the thing. It's like in my lifetime, we're gonna see the end of the end of the day. Right. Yes. And And each generation has said that. And then my generation, we're definitely it's definitely times in my generation. My generation's actually special. It was definitely like, oh yeah, it's the end times, like yeah, it couldn't get any worse than it is now. But you guys weren't like building bunkers. No, no. Anything like that. Yeah, no. Mormons are big on food storage, but oh, there's, and yeah. there's like the ex, like then there's obviously like the extreme like like yes. prepper, preppers who are like building their and there were some of those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There were some of those. I wouldn't say everyone was, but there were definitely some of those. Yeah, so. I mean, and but when you're also like talking about that, I mean those people are smart. I'm gonna I know <laughs> be friends with those people. You know I know that's that's I'm always like, as long as I have friends that are doing that, I would rather not have the clutter in my house. So my mom, oh my goodness, her, especially at the beginning of COVID, you should see oh. like, her food storage is amazing. I'm not telling anywhere where she lives, anyone where she lives, <laughs> but like it's, you know, where you'll be <laughs> oh, oh. Like, like just barrels of food. Storage. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm good. I think I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah, oh, awesome. Okay. So what about like money and time? Were you volunteering a lot of that or? No, I mean, everyone, everyone was just kind of an equal, not an equal part, but everyone kind of did what they needed to do. I mean, we met in Grange Hall, so it's not like we had a church or any building because we couldn't do that. So it was not a church. You're not a, not church. a church, just a building. Um, and so we, so, so it wasn't necessarily that you volunteered time. Everything was kind of like group effort, I would say. Um, and then tithing was, we didn't call it tithing, of course, cause that would be a churchy word, but we, um, there was like a donation box in the back, but it was never, it definitely wasn't like one of those cults. That's all about money or that's the goal behind it. Um, the is leader control is it? Yeah. Oh yeah. And the leader had money. So I think like that doesn't matter mm-hmm. to him. Um, but yeah, I feel, I mean, I, that's what I feel like is just a complete control thing of, and I think probably for him and a lot of others, like they truly, I think do believe what they're believing in and what they're preaching or whatever. Um, but it's just the control aspect of it. That's like, well, you can't do that forever. Like not everyone's going to just sit there and do what you say. And now no one does. So no. Oh, yeah. so has it like fall, like fallen apart? There's like there. Yeah. I mean, it pretty much. So our, so what happened <laughs> look at us on our tangents already. So my notes. I don't even know where we are anymore. Let's just <laughs> we're gonna be talking for five hours. So when it fell apart, I was telling you my son was around two, and my generation, we really started questioning things more, like the little things like pants or we, when we had meetings, it was, everyone was in meeting together. So you had these metal folding chairs, kids, everyone sat in these chairs from the time you're born. It's you never had Sunday school, nothing like that. So me and one of my other friends were trying to push like, Hey, can we just do a little in the back room, um, where we have the kids, we could just do coloring pages, but women couldn't preach or teach. And so it was like, that was huge to even bring that subject up was like, mind-boggling for these people and then things like pants and so we just started questioning thing like little things like that that don't seem like they would be a big deal but they are and um and enough of us started questioning and then they were they call men's meetings because women can't be involved but they would have these big men's meetings to talk about the subjects and problems and whatever and then enough of us just quit coming that it was like Marcus we don't care and it kind of just dissolved. And so in all those locations, I told you, there are still little groups okay. that still meet together, except for where we're at. Cause we just demolished everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So go girl, go girl. <laughs> um, but everywhere else there's like little groups of them still like my in-laws are still a part of one. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I feel like Mormonism is obviously very mainstream, but they're yeah. having, some issues right now with membership. I mean, the, the church is huge and right. they're having issues with membership because you have like people who are like very far left who, who disagree with a lot of like the social issues from the church, like their stance mm-hmm. on gay marriage, right. and, you know, different things like that, yep. who just, they didn't agree with it. They left. So you have like people on that side. Then you have the people who are so devout, yeah. like they put everything in it and our profit um, because we have prophets and he told people to get vaccinated and he's like, I recommend you get vaccinated. Okay. And then you have this other movement. Who's like, he must be a corrupt prophet. He knows that that shouldn't, you know, so there's this other division that's on the other side of it who are like out. So you, you headed that up. 
I mean, we were a part of it. It was our generation kind of. And then, but actually like my parents split before we did. My husband had a lot of family in it. So I was ready way before he was, but he, you know, it was hard because your family, that's all, you know, and your whole family is in it. So it's really weird to just be done with it all of a sudden. Yeah. It was, was, and then you're relearning. So none of your family's in it anymore. No, no. Oh, that would be weird. Yeah. And it was because they also just, all of them just stopped believing in it or because, okay, now there's not a church to go to anymore. Like no, my family all was in the initial split where we're just like, we're out of here. Oh yeah. It was just one of my sisters was actually already out. Um, and then the other one I'm trying to think if she was married yet or not. Yeah, she was married. So yeah, then we just were like, we're done We're this isn't working out for us and should have never worn pants. So no, I mean, they were right. all slippery slope. It all goes downhill after that. You know, we're going to be devil worshipers here before you know it. Well, okay. So what about marriage? Because you, oh, yeah. you got married early, right? You're fairly young. Yes, I was in Mormon talk. You were never, you were like, average, right. I was, I was old for Mormon talk, maybe. <laughs> Cause I waited till I was like out of high school. So I was pretty oh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was 20, I was 24. Oh, like, wow. Before. So like, I was like an, I was like an old maid getting yes. a lot of women, a lot of like 18 right out of high school. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, if you were 24, it was kind of like, what's wrong with you, Karen, <laughs> you know, and right. No, <laughs> one's going to want you anymore. You're so old. I was 19 and my husband was almost, almost 21. And yeah. And I mean, basically um, we didn't really date. You knew you were going to marry someone within the group. So I always joke, like, that's why you had to have a boyfriend from a young age. Cause you had to like say tag, this one's mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically you did that. He, I mean, I'm still married to him today, but it's the only so boyfriend he, I've ever had up mm-hmm. in, at, as an assembly member as well. Yes, he did. Just giving yes. it a name for you. Yes. <laughs> meetings. We just went to meetings. Meetings. Got it. Now, every time I have like a work meeting or a Zoom meeting, I still that word. I'm like, oh, what else can I call real meetings? Because they really ruin that word for me. You had to marry within the cults. Yeah. So, I mean, you didn't, it wasn't like there was this rule, but you just knew like you didn't know other people. So there were a couple, I had friends that married into the group, but they did not know what they were getting into. I mean, I think they kind of did actually my sister-in-law is one of them and her parents, they were like a wonderful Christian family, but you know, they went to actual church and stuff Mm -hmm. and they were very concerned that she was joining a cult. And, um, up until they left, they did not love that she was a part of this group, rightfully Mm -hmm. so, because people were so mean to them whenever they would come because they were different, you know, and anyone that was different than us wasn't cool. One time, and as far as like people coming from the outside, it just, the only people that ever like came, like we wouldn't even call it joined, but were like real special people, you know, that had absolutely no one, no support, like, because we were a like group that supported each other. And so I think there was maybe a little bit of value there. So I think people that had absolutely nothing looked like, you know, we had at least like a group they could hang out with and, and feel a part of something. Yeah. Um, You know, like a game. So, so yeah, so very few people joined one time I babysat for this really wonderful family and they were Christians and they, they just loved our family because we have, I have two sisters and 
two, me and one of them babysat for them. And they're just like, we want to go to church with you. You guys are amazing. And actually her and my mom ended up being best friends, but they came one time with us and they were very involved with their church and they just went to like, you know, a normal Christian church. Were you guys like actively recruiting in? No, I mean, you would try, like, you would definitely be like, try to get people to come, but no, I never would have asked someone to come because we were so weird and we knew we were weird. Yeah. Our family did. There's some people probably thought we weren't weird, but we knew we were weird. Yeah. And so I would have we, we never we were weird, but we were like really encouraged to invite people. So yes. I like cringe when I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like, I'm so sorry. I was like pressuring you. Like, yes. Yes. It was like, why? Yeah, no, we were very weird, very weird. And came okay, to <laughs> they came to church with us and we're singing. We always would sing three songs out of the red hymn book with a piano. And they were very involved with worship. They were like on the worship team at their church. They were dying. They're like, that was worship. And we're like, yeah, I mean, don't you just feel the Holy spirit? They're just like, no, no, we don't. Like that was awful. And I'm like, I know this is what we do. And that was the only time we ever had anyone come with us. Three songs. And then you're done with the worship service. Yeah. Yes. It was not worship service. It was literally you out of the hymn book. Nobody preached anything though over the pulpit or ours. Um, Yes. Well, I mean, we would do the three songs and then someone would speak. We called it speaking. Someone would speak. Volunteer, we'd want like volunteers, oh members of the congregation would speak. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was good times. Always men. Of course the women would never be allowed. <laughs> See, we were progressive because women you were want to speak sometimes. That is pretty amazing. That is actually really amazing because okay. yeah, I got in trouble for talking in a mic one time because I was too aggressive. Mm. Oh, you go girl. I know. Oh, and then one time my sister and I, you would, you could sing special numbers. We called them. So you could sing like a song in front of everyone. And I hated singing, but my sister loved it. So she wanted me to sing a song with her. Well, we had like a cassette um, soundtrack of it. And we're like, let's just do it. Like we were rebellious, obviously, but we're like, let's just, let's just play the soundtrack. And like the sound guy was our friend. And I mean, the sound basically is just a microphone, but we're like, Hey, we're going to do this. He was like, yeah, let's do it. So he played the cassette for us, but then there was part where there was drums and no singing. And he would turn it down during that part. We got in so much trouble. And I mean, this is just like a good Christian song. And we got in so much trouble. It was awesome. Yeah. Really? Wait, so did they, did they like give you a lashing in your meeting? Well, my dad got talked to because we were, we were young under his control still. So my dad got talked to and we were reprimanded. And I'm sure when my dad talked to us about it, we were laughing because that's how we were. Um, but we never did it again. Were you a teenager? Yeah. Yeah. We would have been teens, probably young teens rebellious teenager they really should you you. (laughs) we were so rebellious so rebellious okay so okay wait I just wanted to like really quick about the meeting so it was this a Sunday you would meet once a week or would you meet multiple times Sundays mornings and then usually Sunday nights we would do either another meeting or gathering Friday nights were gatherings Wednesday nights was meeting again So Wednesday night, which that was one of the things when we got, um, our child, our son, I'm like, I am not, it's his bedtime. And like my girls, 
they still go to bed early. It would start at seven 30 at night. Oh, and I'm like, no. I cannot imagine as a mom dragging my kids to that. Like I, I, yeah, it was awful. No, awful. I've become like way more antisocial since having kids. Oh. Yeah. yeah, let's just like get together. There's a movie in the park. Bring the family. Like, what time? 8 p.m. What? Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm putting my kids to sleep. Like, right. I'm not to sleep fast enough. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. It is. It has How changed. How long did the meetings last? Um, like 9, Probably about till 9:30. About two hours. Sunday was even go a little longer. So two hours ish in the morning. Two hours at night. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's a big commitment. Oh, it's good times. And if you didn't come, if you didn't go, someone would call to see if you were sick or like, cause you would always tell someone like, you know, I would tell my mom, Oh, we're not going to go to meeting tomorrow. Cause I'm not feeling good or something. And if you didn't tell someone so that they could pass it along to everyone else, usually someone would call and just be like, just checking up. Why aren't you there today? Would you get in trouble if you like, um, if you miss too many, yes, it would be a concern. And then they would probably have to have a men's meeting and talk about like, why, why you aren't there. Yeah. You're making our Lots of concern people. once a week, not sound. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Good. I could you have to wear pants. Yeah. Not to church, but yes. Okay. okay. I actually did. I think two or three times wear pants to church. Oh my I was God. kind of like sort of on my way. Yeah. I'm like, I just want to see what it feels like. I used to still look nice. Oh my It God. felt weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It felt weird wearing pants for a long time. So when, okay. So then while you're married, while you're trying to get pregnant and yes. babies and all of that, you're still in the church during this whole time. Yes. Yes. You, you're married at, you said 19. Yes. And then you left the church when you were how old? Um, 30. When you were 30. Okay. So you had this period of time that you were struggling with infertility, right? Tell yes. Me about that. Yes. Um, Mm, let's see. Probably when I was 23, we started thinking about having kids never got pregnant. You know, we should assume like, Oh, you go off the pill and then you get pregnant. And we were both like young, healthy kids basically. And, um, we tried and tried for like six months, talked to the doctor and she's like, Oh, wait a year, you know, and then we'll go from there. We tried for a year, nothing happened. So then we went and met with fertility doctors and, um, started all this stuff that, you know, goes into that. So it was like, so exhausting and so emotional. Um, so I think we ended up going through for about three years. We ended up doing, um, three IUIs to start out with, like thinking there's not that much wrong with us. Um, and none of those worked. And so then we had to do three IVFs and, um, and the egg retrievals, which was always, great fun. Um, so it was so expensive, so expensive. And we, luckily we, we were in construction and we had built a house, a spec house with my husband's parents. So we had sold that and made a good chunk of cash. Um, and we spent every single cent. And then when we got to the end of it, I just knew I'm like, we're not gonna be able to try anymore. My husband was much ready, much sooner than I was to move on to adoption Mm -hmm. just because I was like, so a crazy person on all my drugs, but I was just like, so determined to get pregnant. I all, I never, ever would have thought I would never be pregnant. I just love pregnant people. And I thought they were so cute. And, um, now my husband's that very So was that also very much encouraged in the church? Like the woman you, you're going to get married, you're going to have, kids, yeah. have like that typical. Yes. Family. Yes. And I was the only person that I knew of 
that ever had trouble with it. And we didn't talk about stuff like that. You know, everything was very superficial. You didn't have really deep friendships. So I was very alone during all that. It was really, it was so hard. Like I don't, I look back sometimes and I'm like, I don't know how I survived. Um, it was just so, 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 so hard and very lonely. Not having some kind of support group during that. I know. Well, and that's like now why I'm like so comfortable and happy to talk about it because, and I have people messaging me all the time. And I'm like, if I'm that only person, you know, that's my responsibility, but if I'm the only person that can support someone, then so be it because we, it's not okay to have no one. And it's such a lonely, I don't know. It's awful. And I think now it's much more, um, it's, it's much different than it was back when I was doing it. I felt even like socially, it was less talked about doing infertility treatments and everything back then. Um, but we were young, so naive. It's crazy. I feel like too, with infertility, from what's been explained to me, um, I have a million sisters. I don't I have, there's 13 kids in my family. There's 12 girls. Gosh. Boy, yeah. We are a big family. Um, but there's been a lot of siblings who have had infertility issues and have mm. also adopted as well oh. that's just one thing they're like you know you try to figure out what to say you're like I'm so sorry right. whatever's meant to be will be like you're trying to find yeah. the words and it's like and, and it, you, then they'll say that that doesn't help yeah no stop saying that <laughs> that doesn't help and so it's almost like I feel like unless you've gone through it you don't understand yeah. the pain it's that true. is involved with that and I think it's true it's like um I have a a family member that just died recently and my uncle, and I was talking, I've been spending some time with my cousins and it's one of those things. It's like, you can only support so much because I don't know exactly how they're feeling. And so it's hard. So you just have to be that support for them, but you can't say, Oh, I understand. Cause I don't like, yeah. it's awful. So you're doing the infertility so yeah. then you stop with infertility treatments and then you start with the adoption and the way yes. happens then. So then we went, um, we decided to do an agency adoption. Um, and the only people I ever knew that had adopted were my husband's aunt and uncle, which they're quite a bit older than us. Um, but they were the only ones we knew that had adopted ever. And they had done an agency adoption. So we're just like, yep, yeah, sure. That's what we'll do. And even back then the internet was like much different than it is now. Like we could get on and find some resources, but not just a ton. So, so we got connected with an agency and got all hooked up. Um, and basically with that is you have a birth mom that picks you. So you have a pregnant mom that looks through profiles and then she might choose to interview a couple, whatever she chooses, she'll pick someone. So we got matched with someone, um, down in Berkeley. And so we went and met with her and it was really good. We, you know, felt like we hit it off and she was going to have baby girl, on December 10th. And so we got all connected with her and, you know, you just like, you, 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 there's so little control. And that was one thing I learned through infertility and with adoption, you're just out of control. You, you don't have any control. And so it is really hard to, and I'm a very controlling person. So that was very hard to have no control. Um, but anyway, she picked us and we were I think like the next day we were going to go to a doctor's appointment down with her. Um, and our social worker called us and said, just letting you know, we had to drop her as a client because a lot of different reasons. Um, and if you watch any of the San Francisco or Bay area news, she's on the news. 
And we're like, what? Um, and she was a scam artist. So she was scamming couples out of money and all this stuff. And the time that we met her, she actually was pregnant, but she had done it before not even being pregnant and doing it. Um, so yeah, so she went to jail and I'm sure baby girl was born and went right into the system. Mm. Um, but that was like devastating. Cause we had had a relationship with her for, I don't even know how long, a couple months. And this would have been November when she, when we had to, you know, when we, our, our relationship with her ended. So I have a question. So, yeah. so when you did the adoption, what mm-hmm. you were doing was, do you send these people money? You send, send the birth mom money, like an in increments. How are you, how are how is she able to scam out of money? Are you well, different ways, but beginning? we went through an agency, which was the whole point is to be protected. So we pay through the agency, the agency pays her, but what these birth moms, not all of them, but what some of them will do is once they form a relationship with you, they will ask for things like a gym membership or vitamins or things that you would be willing to give them because they're going to have your baby. Um, so that it's more that type of stuff that she would scam people out of, but I guess she had done it before, non, not through agency, just meeting people. And then, yeah, people, lots and lots of money. So it's, it's definitely a thing. And I'm just like, really, what is our chances that this happens with us? And but, that's, uh, that's so scary. So uh, that happens. And so like heartbreaking. Oh, it was awful. Cause you feel like you were you're not pregnant, but you feel like, oh, we're going to have a baby basically. And like, we had gotten the room already. My mom started sewing quilts. Cause I had like this whole theme down. It was going to be amazing. And I assume you knew the gender and everything. Yes, she was a girl. And so we were totally like planning for baby girl. And then, um, yeah. So then that relationship ended That would have been like mid November, I think. And then we went, um, down to my family's house for Thanksgiving and we were on our way home. So it was just a couple weeks later and, um, a friend of mine called and said, Hey, will you adopt my grandson? And I'm just like, what are you talking about? And, um, anyway, her son had had a child with another gal and they just couldn't, they just couldn't take care of him. And so we were like scrambling around on the, with the social workers, like figuring out what do we do and can this we make this work? Of the no, no, no. She's someone I met. Um, I used to be involved with animal rescue. And mm-hmm. so she's someone that I met that had an animal rescue um, who lived near us at the time. And so I had a very good relationship with her. She's about my mom's age. So she was older than me. And I had even known that she had a grandson and I just, you know, I didn't really think anything of it. So when she called me and she's like, well, you adopt my grandson. I'm like, what is going on? Um, so anyway, we talked to the social workers trying to figure out, you know, what we can make work and all that. And then, um, it was December 10th that the, his birth parents brought him to our house and we got a baby. And so that, that was the day the baby girl was supposed to be born. That was her due date. And yeah. And he, Oh my goodness. I know. And so it was really funny. We had like little flip phones back then. And my mom and my sister were like texting me, like, we're thinking about you. We're praying for you. And I had been so wrapped up for, you know, a week or so thinking about baby boy. I was like, what are they talking about? Did they find out somehow? Because I didn't tell anyone after the baby Mm -hmm. girl thing. I'm like, I'm not telling anyone anything till baby's in my hands. And so I was like, did they find out like what's going on? This is so weird. 
Well, then I remembered, oh, baby girl was supposed to be born today. I should be upset about this, but I already oh, have a baby. Yeah. Oh, so it was pretty, wow. it was pretty cool. And we just drove to, I called my sisters and said, go to mom and dad's. And I drove to my parents' house and then just knocked on the door with the car seat. And my dad answered the door and I said, and this was their very first grandchild too. And I just said, Hey, it's mom here. I have her grandson. And they were just like, what? And it was very exciting. Yeah. It was amazing. That's, that is so cool. Do you have a lot of siblings? Is it uh, like just two sisters. Two. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And then I know. that was the first. Yeah. Yes. That's incredible. So mm-hmm. is he, is he the boy from your, uh, you did a, um, you yes. where you're like doing video games, like trying yeah. to play video or no, uh-huh. acting like your son playing video games. Oh, it's so annoying. Uh, <laughs> Teens are a whole nother thing. You know, it's like, Oh man. Yeah, my oldest is a boy. He's five oh. and he's already very much into video games and his dad plays with him. And oh, that's good. I'm trying, I'm also a little bit controlling as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying not to like totally kill the the vibe around here, <laughs> but it's like so hard. a lot of video gaming in this house. Oh, so. <laughs> it's so hard. So and you adopt him. Yes. And then, uh, and then you have a second and a third. Yes. Or, um, so we, we got him when he was a month old. And so when he was about two and a half, I think is when we actually left the cult. So I was like 30 and, um, Wait, when he was, did you say two and a half? Yes. Okay. So he was a little toddler when we left the cult. We thought we were going to be moving down to Southern California for a while. So we had to like pause because we were planning on adopting again when he was around two. And so we were all in the system and ready to go. And then we had to pause because we thought we were moving out of town and it, it changes if you're in a different County. So we just went on pause for a while and just kind of like, I don't know, just lived life and laid low a little bit. And then we didn't ended up not moving. So we're like, okay, you know, let's do this again. Well, it was so expensive to adopt private adoption through agency. So we're like, let's, let's try foster care out. And we had such a tough adoption with him that I'm like, you know, agency adoption is supposed to be the safe way to do it. And I'm like, it was not safe or fun or anything. Mm -hmm. So, so we're like, let's do the foster care system. And the more I learned about it, the more I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is, there's such a need there. And we really wanted to do that. So I just wanted one more kid. I was like set two kids, that's it. And then I started learning more and more about sibling sets. And I'm like, oh, I feel like there's such a huge need for, for sibling sets. Cause they want to keep the siblings together as much as they can. So, um, you know, long story, we, we had several kids through our home that didn't work out. Um, not because we didn't want them, but just because that's how the system is. It's tough. Um, but then we ended up with the two girls that we have now, and they were sisters, biological sisters. And, um, when we got them, Zoe was two and a half and Charlie was 14 months old. And so we got them. Dakota was seven at the time. So we went from an only child for seven years to three kids. (laughs) Oh, wow. So, and I tell people, I think I'm still recovering from that adjustment. And then they came in and you said you have kids who have uh, like special needs or. They all have, um, let's just say mental health needs for sure. Um, one of the advocate for just like mental health in general, right? Yes. Yeah. Because all three have 
different situations that we deal with. And, um, Luckily, there have been some pretty good resources, um, more with the girls than with Dakota, just because the foster care system provides a lot more Mm -hmm. and he was private. So not so much with him. I've definitely learned that our health system with mental health care sucks. It's awful. Um, but, but we've got a whole family that needs it. And so it's, it's a challenge to get everyone the care that they need. Um, and it's kind of just like, it's such a process, you know, figuring out what, you know, whether it's medication or different types of therapy. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot. And it's, I I felt like for quite a while, I felt like it was just like a full-time job, just figuring out everyone's health and mental health needs. And, and then they're changing. I feel like, like right now we're dealing with something. It's like, they're always changing. I can barely keep up for myself. I know. Let alone having to do that for my kids. And I'm sure as they get older, that's something I'm going to have to eventually deal with. But it's like, just for myself, just getting an appointment, just getting like proper medication or, you know, any of that. It's, it's a little bit of a little bit of a task. Yeah. You said, okay. So you say, you said you have ADHD. Mm. I thought it'd be really fun to compare ADHD. Oh, it's so much. So I never, I was never diagnosed as a child ever, but now looking back, I'm like, and now my daughter, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, because she drives me crazy, but it's exactly the stuff that I used to do and that I still do. Um, and there's a reason it drives me crazy because it's me, but I'm like, I was never diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And then as I was doing therapy as an adult, cause I never went to therapy until I was over 30 when I got out of the cult. Cause we weren't allowed to do that kind of stuff. And it wasn't until I started doing therapy that I'm like, realized, okay, I've probably always had ADHD, anxiety, and depression always. Like I, when I think back to my childhood, I'm like, it has always been there. So now as an adult, it's like embracing it and like, Mm, it is what it is. Here we are. Hey, that's good. Yeah. I, I look back and you can like the church, you're, you're allowed to have therapy. That's fine. But, um, I think maybe it's just the way I was raised where Mm -hmm. it was, you know, don't let somebody come in and change your brain. They're going to mess up your Uh brain. And, and so it was a somewhat discouraged. Like you need to be able to like figure out your own stuff and be Mm -hmm. like tougher you know, and, but then I look back in school and I'm like, I struggled so much. I could not read for the life of me. I mean, I like, obviously I I knew I couldn't read, I would read something and then I would, I would have to like reread it a thousand times. And so, or or just like fidgeting in class and just not retaining anything from class. And I look back now, I'm like, oh yeah, I probably, you know, had ADHD back then, but now, so now I'm in a spot where I don't really do a lot of reading. (laughs) Yeah. And so I, you know, I, I, it's, it's manageable without medication right now, although there's days where I'm like, maybe this would actually kind of help, but anyway, how would that, how does it manifest as an adult now? Uh, I feel like I'm kind of the same that where I can manage it without medication. Um, I'm definitely so fidgety. So I, I learn like, what do I need? Like this thing I have on my computer right here. It's they're amazing. Calm strips. I don't know if you've ever seen these, but they're amazing. So I have them. They're like, I'll, I'll, I'll text you what they are later, okay. but they're amazing. So I have those on like all my devices so I can like rub them constantly. So it's like my grown up fidget thing, but my kids this have them whole, on all their devices. This whole time we've been talking and yeah. picking right here at my finger. Cause there's like a loose, like a little piece of, skin. Oh yeah. 
And so the whole time I'm like, I really want to bite it. I go, oh, I oh, bite mine all the time. <laughs> I bite mine all the time. I can't pretty nails and I don't want to gross you out and show you my foot. Cause I'm sitting crisscross applesauce right now, yeah. but I pick my toes too. And it's the worst when I'm sitting on my zoom calls. I can't like, I had a beautiful, when we started, I had a beautiful gel pedicure, nothing now, all the toes are gone. <laughs> I do the same thing all the time. Like it's awful. It's awful. And so I, I get so mad. Cause I'll be like, okay, you, you paid for a really good pedicure. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. And I wear flip-flops all the time. So you see my toes and I'm just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so Very when, fidgety. when I get nails, I immediately pick the nails off. Yep. Yeah. Like it's, I, it starts with one. I work on one and then it pops off a couple Once days Once it's later. one, I bite, I bite them sideways and, Oh Yes, I do the same thing. <laughs> crack them, crack them, and then you can peel them off. And then they're like 50 bucks. I know. So it's like they lasted two days and I'm ripping them all off. <laughs> Awful. That's uh, so why I don't get my nails done barely ever anymore because of that. Because it makes yeah. sense. Well, I, so I started buying like on Amazon for five bucks the kits and I just stick them on. Yes. If one breaks off, I'm just like, fine. They were $5. I didn't go in right. and get them done for like 50, 60 bucks. Yes. So, and like for an event, like for a special event, I'll do that or, um, okay. or like a special zoom call or not today. Obviously you're not that special. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> you're like you have ADHD just like me. I'm not putting on nails for you. Right. I know yours are going to look just as bad. <laughs> I was going to, okay. So this is kind of funny. I was hanging out with a group of girls. I've had people point this out a lot with me, but we're all, everyone's going around the table. I Oh, I'm so ADHD. Oh yeah. I'm so ADHD. We're all sitting there. We're talking and we're like, there's a group of girls and it's like 20 minutes go by. Everyone's talking about ADHD. I'm the only one at the table. We were getting ice cream. I have like this ice cream bowl and I have torn all the sides down. I have like made it into a design. And then I have taken my napkin. I don't even notice I'm doing this. And I have like rolled up my napkin and then I'm looking around, I go, hold on a second. I'm sorry. You guys are all talking about ADHD you are. I am the only one here at the table mm-hmm. who has like created an art piece with <laughs> my ice cream bowl. My fidgety hands. <laughs> yes. And, and, then, and so now I notice it like all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm on, if I'm talking to someone and, it's, and part of it is because I want to listen, but it helps me yeah. concentrate. Yeah. So I don't know if you make art pieces. So I make, I uh, do the same, like, and, and it's funny. Cause this is one of the things my daughter does. that drives me crazy is she'll rip. Like if she's just sitting, you know, watching a movie, she doesn't even know she's doing it, but she'll like have a napkin and just, or a piece of paper and just rip it into a million little pieces. <laughs> and I'm the same way. Like I just, my, I would say mine's more, I mean, if I have something in my hands, I will, but I, I bite my cuticles and my pick my fingers just so bad. Like that's so my biggest thing. Some kind of fidgety there. movement. Always. It's crazy. I roll my really toes. Napkins. I'm just, yeah. I mean, it. napkins are good times. That's my go-to every time I have a dinner. Forget <laughs> it. I'm ripping up. It's yeah. So I can really relate to your daughter. Throwing stuff under the table. Do you ever find yourself zoning out when people talk? Oh, a hundred percent. Leah. Like I really have to like say, okay, we're going to focus. And like, this is another really thing that I do. I can't, I mean, even you probably you're used to it, but like, I look away a lot, but I, when I'm work, when, if I ever have the TV going, I'm working too. I can't just sit and watch TV. So I always have my computer on my lap or I'm folding laundry. Like after this, I'm folding laundry or working on projects. I'm, I can't just turn the TV on. 
Like I can't, or I never could make it through a full movie. Like I really do good with the sitcoms because they're shorter. And so my attention span, I can like handle that a little bit better, but like the dramas, like people are talking about what's the big one. Everyone's talking about right now. Is it Ozark? That, yeah, not the that Kristen one. The Bell one, like the woman across the street from the woman who has oh, the cowboy one. Oh, like Yellowstone. I don't retain information because I'm idiot. Yes, obviously. Yes, I, I get you. <laughs> okay, but Yellowstone, and I'm like, it's so long. It's so long. I'm like, but if you're folding laundry, can you hang? I probably could, but it, it's still pretty intense. Like it's too much drama for me. Okay. I can't like hang in with that drama. Okay. Because- now I really just want to try it. And I, I just yeah. want to watch it and just say, it, let you know if I can hang or not. And we're going to see who's more ADHD. It's like almost like a contest. You know, we can do this now. Let's just start. And our stories, we'll send them back and forth. Like I did this today. Okay. I'm seriously going to go start. I have a lot of laundry. If you saw the pile oh. of laundry in my room. Okay. Oh, that's my other thing I was going to ask you. So do you just have, like, do you have piles of stuff at your house? No. Are you organized? I'm very organized. Um, except what I've been noticing the last couple years is, um, with depression. Well, it's very good though, because my husband picks up on it very quickly because he's like, Oh, it must be a rough day. Um, because normally everything has its place. Everything has to be put away. But the last couple of years, I've been more depressed than normal and having to like fight and work through that. So I like right now, I think I have five loads of laundry sitting right here on the couch in my office. Um, it will get folded tonight, but I have gone where I will leave it for like a couple of days. And that's pretty extreme for me because usually I'm like, if I'm stressed, I'm cleaning something or putting stuff away or organizing a oh. cabinet because it's annoying me. Um, like moving and wanting to accomplish. Yep. I can relate to that, but it's like, I wish, I wish I could do the bigger, like the long, long, I hate laundry. Laundry is the worst. Uh, I hate it. I hate it. I would rather go and like wash the table. Oh yeah. Sweep or do dishes. I would rather do dishes, but it's the laundry man. It just stares at me and I have piles. Like I don't hoard, but I got piles. Piles. It's more like, I don't care about keeping it. I just yeah. don't want to organize. Put it, it away. Yeah. No okay. Well, maybe me. maybe I'll come organize for you and you can yeah. watch my kids. So maybe it's not ADHD. Maybe I just. <laughs> well, I think it manifests in different ways like that, though. I think it can go either way, you know? Do you do medication for it? Uh, not for the ADHD, but for the depression I'm on right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess I got off um, Paxil like two months ago. Okay. And, but I was on it for a long time and okay. right. I kind of miss it. Oh, maybe that's gosh. what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Reevaluate. <laughs> well, it's like, I just, I want to kind of like reset. And, yeah. You know, it's been good, but it's definitely, I'm not as up uppity as I yeah. was when I was on Paxil. Yeah. So I, feel like I cry more. So that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. You know? we gotta fill our emotions. I know I, I have ups and downs with it. Yeah. being it well and I've been working on because I'm old now so like now I've got hypothyroidism and um I was anemic like all these health things that I'm like what is this why am I having to figure this out well let me ask you about hypothyroidism first. Oh. okay I'm going to show you something please do <laughs> I can't I wait on my back I ought to show it to you today I meant to ask you about that. What in the heck? Yes, I saw it. I'm, I'm a freak. 
And so what did they say? Will it go away? They said <laughs> liposuction. <laughs> Are you serious? It's yes. like you go on the pimple popper show. Yeah, but it's not a pimple. It's just like, like okay, I even put my x-ray out or my MRI. I saw that. I saw that. It's just fat. It's not even like a sack of fat. It's just like nice, smooth. Weird. Fat. And it and just got there. It, well, my, I cut my hair short and my sister six months ago was like, ew, what's on your neck? Anyway, do you get fat deposits? I haven't yet. Now I'm a little concerned about that. Thanks. Well, I heard it. There's I need something else to be anxious about. Yeah, good. Oh, good. I'm glad. Anytime you need something to build, feel anxious about, I'm your girl. Okay, good. <laughs> so no fat deposits with hypothyroidism. That is crazy. No, I have not had that before. How did you know? Okay, well, that's one thing he mentioned today. That's why I was like, oh, I got to show you. He's like, it could be associated. Interesting. With... But he was a surgeon, you know, like he's, yeah. you know. Are you going to get blood really work? I did, but I think... My sister has hypothyroidism and she's okay. like, oh, you're, they're not doing the right blood work. There's like a special kind of blood yes. work. I guess there's like a thyroid blood work you can get done, but then there's like a deeper dive. Yeah. Which I don't know why they, I don't know why they only do the first one. Once I, I had a nurse friend that told me, she's like, nope, ask for this, this, and this. Hmm. And because I'm like, there's something wrong with me. I like, what is not, I couldn't figure it out. And so then they did and they're like, oh yeah, you are. And I'm like, why wouldn't you like with the symptoms I'm giving you, why wouldn't you assume okay. and test for it more? Maybe you can tell me what those tests. I will. I'll send it to you. Something. Because, yeah. because my, my sister did also did say, she's like, yeah, they have this, it's a really specific test. Yes. And they don't usually get like it. T3 and T4 and something else. Oh, so I'll send it to well, you. So why did you realize you had hypo? Now we just well, see, told you tangents. Why did you yeah. realize that you had hypothyroidism? Like what happened? I, well, I started having, so I had a hysterectomy when I was like 30 five or six. I mean, it's been a while, maybe 35, um, a full hysterectomy. So I've been on estrogen supplements since then. So I thought, well, maybe that needs to be adjusted because I started getting really bad night sweats. Like, and I'm always hot. Like I'm just always, I just run hot, but like soaking wet night sweats. And then I was really, really tired. And so I'm, you know, I just deal with stuff. I'm not a go to the doctor for everything kind of person. And so I just deal with it. And then my husband's like, you need, you need to just figure this out. So I did, I went in and did all this blood work. And then finally my sister got hypothyroidism or got diagnosed. And so I'm like, Oh, maybe that. So I told my doctor, she got the initial one, didn't work. And then my nurse friend said, no, get this one done. And then I did. And they're like, yeah. So then I got on medication for that and it helped really good for a while. Just with night sweats? The night sweats got better and then I was less tired. I was really tired and I thought it was my depression. So I was really trying to figure out like, it was weird because like, I know what depression feels like. And I'm like, it's a different, it's a like, I can't keep my eyes open. It wasn't, it didn't feel like depression to me. So it helped for a while, but then I got really, really tired again. And went back in and they, I said, can you check for iron? And I just got so mad. I mean, I don't get mad because I'm a very nice person, but I was frustrated. Like, why wouldn't you check for iron with those symptoms? Like, I'm not the doctor you are. Anyway, they test for iron and I was like severely anemic. And so I'm like, oh, cool. Like, that's my problem. So So like, right. Like iron supplements, super cheap over the counter (laughs) iron supplements. Yeah. So I'm in the process now of getting those regulated, I think in like another week or so I have to get tested again, 
but she says she all, she has to go in and readjust a lot, yes, a lot all the time. So it's like a process and it's a pain, but that was my main, my main, um, concern was how tired I was. Like I was so tired. Like, I mean, I think a lot of that now probably had to do with the anemic being anemic rather than the hypothyroidism, but it's a huge, um, it's a huge symptom for hypothyroidism too, but I would literally like take the kids to school and come back and go back to sleep. And then like all day, it was awful. I, I would love to sleep all day. I, mean, I know, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to ask, wow, this just turned into a medical show. No one take any, <laughs> this is not, not professional advice. <laughs> we okay. come from cults. Don't believe anything we say. <laughs> We're looking for anything to cling to. Right. We're so desperate. Traumatic childhoods. Okay, Shannon, I could talk to you all night, but I, I feel know. like go to bed. Oh, it's so <laughs> Seriously, I, I love, love talking to you. I feel like you're my soul sister. I feel like it too. You're so, even though you're named Karen, like that's so amazing. That's not my name. That's my, that's my Instagram name. What? There you go. Yeah, you gotta read the bio. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm awful. No, I called you Karen when well, we were messaging too. I probably didn't notice because everyone does. It's confusing. It really Chelsea. Confusing. It came to bite me in the ass, honestly. I had some Karens email me and get, how would you like it? I'm like, oh, well, I've oh, already yeah. committed. I feel like I can't do anything. Yeah, anymore. no, it's, I'm, it is the I'm best name. i and feel kind of bad for me. Oh no, it. it is the best handle ever. Wait, is your name Chelsea? It's Chelsea. Okay. Okay. I didn't oh, know that. No. So when I was, I, think page, about I was like, I, I was trying to think of a good Instagram name and I'm like, oh, oh, back before, like it kind of evolved. It was like, Karen, it's like a judgy mom. And yes. I'm like, oh, Karen, that judgy mom would disapprove. But then I start getting emails. They're like, hey, Karen. Um, oh. And I'm just like, shit. Oh. Well, I'm just going to commit. I should have yeah. Karen. That's yeah. Like, should have been named. It's a great name. Right. It is fabulous. I'm glad they didn't take Shannon. I'm so them. glad they didn't take Shannon. I would have had to find a new name for sure. Like <laughs> Shannon's too hard to say. Karen, it just rolls off the tongue. You know, it's just so easy. It's all in the same category. Karen. Almost. Look, if that ever happens to the name Shannon, you could just double down and just really I own it. I, yeah, I will. I'll yeah. have to because I'm Shanny Pants. So I'm yeah. not changing that now. Okay. <laughs> I'm not. I can't. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking <laughs> Thank to me. You. So, so much fun. So and fun. Plug, plug your handle. I guess you already you already did. Plug plug everything you're doing. Tell us everything you're doing. Um, I'm writing a book, but it's not out yet. My story. Um, it'll be a hot minute or years till that happens. But um, official Shanty Pants is on TikTok and Instagram, and then Shanty Pants on YouTube and Facebook. <laughs> Always a party. Always. Yay. Yes. Thanks, Shannon. Thank Appreciate you so much. It. Yep. Have a good night. Okay. Bye. Bye.